Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everyone, you're back once again listening to the best show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet is Saturday Draft Live. I am your host today, Jack Graham, back once again to talk all things about our 10th season of the Fantasy Draft. You'll be listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be on it. Check out our website, eatsleepsuplexretweet.com. Check out the YouTube channel, we've got Quiz Showdown. I believe, Scott, you'll be coming up on one on that soon, won't you? Absolutely, absolutely, Jack, and I'm, I'm glad you've taken the reins on the hosting today because, you know, it's, it's a hard life being a quiz show down chapter. I was out in the town last night, so I'm glad you're, you're taking the reins here, the workhorse for this week. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll steer the ship, don't you worry, but we also have a bunch of other stuff. I believe there's more book that will be filmed soon, so check out that when that hits the hits the YouTube airwaves. And yeah, Twitter and Facebook, Super Retweet. Join the community page, get involved in our feature show discussions, answer the goat David Camel's questions, and they'll talk about it on Central Ross McLeod. And yeah, that's everything we're doing right now. But more importantly, we're on Saturday Draft Live. We're joined by a very special guest. He's back for the 10th season, the 10th anniversary, is none other than the Scottish big dog, Alan McLucas. Welcome, welcome back to the draft, and welcome back to Saturday Draft Live. Thank you very much. This officially makes it the most important show in the history of the draft. <laughs> the important show in the history of EFSR, because I'm back, baby. That's how, right. How are you enjoying the draft this season? It's always the biggest season yet. We had the snake draft. The winner gets the title this season, obviously. Are you, you, you enjoying coming back? Yeah, uh, it was good to get a wee break. Sometimes it can get a bit too much at times, but yeah, it was really good. I think the snake idea is perfect. It works really, really well. Some people are really getting benefit off it. Sadly, you're not one of Jack, but a lot of people are. <laughs> um, but I really like uh, what I really liked about this year is I always said previously to be done, everyone should have a solid team. And this time was the first time I think you've looked at it and went, I can't get a solid team here because there's so many of us. The way that the draft was changed now, and you really had to think in your feet. And because of how quickly it was done. You know, I, I I remember my last pick, I was sitting flapping because I thought, oh, nobody's picked Orange Cassidy. And I didn't realise Steam had picked Orange Cassidy like, or somebody picked him like two rounds earlier because it's so quick trying to keep up and trying to write down who's taking who and who's free was really, really difficult. So it's been really challenging, but it was good. And I think overall I got a decent team. Uh, never got everyone I wanted, but I thought I got a decent team anyway. Hey, you know what? Too many wrestlers anyway. <laughs> Just like many of them. <laughs> but we'll we'll move on. We'll go into our top three of the week. And Scott, I'll come to you first. Someone that was an ever present in the in the top three a couple of seasons ago with the goat tones of David Campbell and Ryan Gallagher. It's Ryan's captain Adam Pierce. He is sitting third place this week and he is on as I switch my sheets over. Sixteen points. It's a, a welcome mm-hmm. return for Adam Pierce and probably one that Ryan will be happy at as he's, as, a, as a bit of a lackluster start in the draft yeah it's interesting enough you know, we have another draft to talk about and the, the actual WWE draft was the first night was last night on Smackdown and so he and Sonya would have been appearing throughout the show announcing the picks for each for each brand and I believe they'll do the same on Ross so 
We could probably see Adam Pearce in next week's top top three as well. But yeah, it's interesting. I was surprised when I when I looked up the top three this morning and seen he was there because it has it did feel like uh, over the past few weeks that maybe the the Adam Pearce era had was over and that he wasn't appearing as much. You know, Sonia Deville was kind of overtaking him in terms of you know appearances and everything. But you know, I think it's a welcome. For Ryan, I think, like I said, he'll maybe have the same next week when he appears multiple times on Raw for the draft, but I wouldn't get too used to this. I think uh, with, the, all the, with all the other kind of picks that have been taken up, like non-wrestling-wise, that Adam Pearce maybe this season isn't as, still isn't as high as he, he probably would like him to be. And uh, our, our second place here, Alan Charlotte, for 32 points. Dave's captain, obviously defending the title of Extreme Rules and then appearing on Raw and appearing on SmackDown after just being drafted. This was probably going to be the biggest points-getting week we'll see throughout this season and Dave's benefited from here with 32 points. Oh, absolutely. He really has. I mean, uh, probably up until maybe maybe the last two seasons, Charlotte has always been a solid pick. Uh, I know she was off telly for a while there, but the fact that she's back she's got the title, yeah, he's, he's going to reap the awards for this. Um which is you know, not very good for the rest because I can see how quickly he's jumped up the rankings. He was right here below me, and all of a sudden he's where and he's catching, you no, know, catching Campbell and he's catching Ross. But if you don't want to hear because he can't be bothered listening and going, I'm a draft winner, I'm a two time draft winner. We don't want to hear that, Dave. We don't want to. We don't want to. Win. We don't want to. Do, you, do you guys know that apparently Charlotte once was in his winning draft team? They were apparently called Nat Queen Cole. You know, he's, he's not really, he's not really, you know, Talked about it that much, you know. He talks about that being a one-time draft winner. And that's cute. I remember when I was only a one-time draft winner, and then I won my second one by stealing out from under him. Like I will steal victory out from under him at Quiz Showdown 15. <laughs> I can feel the tension. I can feel the hate already, Scott. I feel that it's like I feel like some somebody's getting taken like a personal ball. They've taken off their glove and slapped glove and slapped you across the face with it. That, that's just getting right now. Jack, I'm one to two, Scott to one, Hawkney's at twenty to one. <laughs> if you if you want to win money, go Hawkney, but if you want a sure thing, you go Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've not been here as long as I have. I've you've not been around Hawkney as long as I have. This has been building for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and when that comes, that will be the next quiz showdown, potentially October, I think. If my, yeah. if my my memory serves me correct, so that way one one for the ages. We do have a, a date sorted or scheduled at least for recording in October, so we don't know how long after that uh, we get Daniel need editing wise. So definitely by the end of October, uh, stay tuned for that. I look forward to I look forward to it. But Scott, will stick with you because our number one this week, Biggie appearing on Extreme Rules. In Raw, defended his title twice. I think one one would count as a draw, but he defended it. Another time, he's 37 points. Ross gone clear since uh, Big E's cashed in money in the bank and obviously his captain as well. Uh, it seems to be an absolute stonewaller of a pick for him. He's sitting first place, a near near 30 points ahead of Charlotte Flair overall, 85 and Charlotte's in 56. Just uh, what a pick has been for Ross, and could this actually be Ross's time to eventually win a draft? Yeah, because we were talking about it uh, last week. Also, we mentioned some stuff about Extreme Rules that you know this is the time for a lot of people's like WWE picks to finally start getting some major points because it kind of been quiet on some of those picks. But now also there's been a pay per view, and you know 
Ross is probably happy that they did kind of throw together that six-man tag at the last minute. Otherwise, you know, he may have missed out on some points. So he's reaping the benefits of that. He's reaping the benefits of Big E's successful title defence on Raw. And Ross wasn't in the early stages of the uh, draft. I think he was somewhere in the middle in terms of picking. But again, I think people weren't too sure about when Big E would cash in. So Ross has gotten in there and Big E has cashed in. And yeah, he is benefiting from it. And you look at Ross's team, he had Big E on 85 points. That's more than double. It might be close to triple the combined score of everybody else on his team. And so you talk about, you know, sometimes teams being carried by one person, but if that person's the WWE champion and they've just won the title and they've actually got that momentum behind them, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because, you know, you've got to think he'll probably defend it. Crown Jewel being a featured match, probably against Roman Reigns, uh, uh, Survivor Series. You know, so I think Big E is the one that could carry Ross to a, a, a finally winning the draft. Because that would have been saying before that Ross is one of the best players not to win. Some people are laughed at that, saying that Ross makes poor decisions, and he has made his share of bad decisions, but we all do. I mean, come on, I mean, I picked fucking Walter in round one. We all remember Ryan and the Indusier incident. We'll never forget that. Uh, but we all make our mistakes, but it's how you learn from them, and I think it may have taken 10 seasons, but I think Ross is finally learning from past seasons. I mean, there there we go. Is, is it about time? Maybe it just goes to show that, you know, don't go to Turkey and you're doing your draft and maybe you could have won it earlier or something. I, I, I don't know. But don't, don't have your brother make your picks for you. <laughs> we will move on to our table. And our last season's listener league winner, JP, go hard or go home, is sitting in last position, 49 points. I am. Where he belongs. Where he belongs. <laughs> I am one point ahead of him. Tied with Daniel on 50. I am. Living up to my namesake of being a two-hit wonder, and Daniel is pretty five for a Paul Heyman guy. Uh, four points ahead of us, Stacy, twelfth position. The Nikki Barden Bells in fifty-four points. North men, South men, comrades all in fifty-nine points for Ryan Gallagher, eleven position. Grant McRobin, the second City Saints, are tenth for sixty-five points. With Team Vistras, Gary, ninth position, sixty-eight points, just ahead of him. One point ahead of him, sixty-nine points. Giggity, as they all say. Hire me, Stephen, <laughs> with Ryan O'Leish. Not living up to his team name, much like the opposite of myself. And Alan, you are just quite a, a wee bit of a gap, eight-point gap ahead of Ryan O'Leish there in seventh position with the MVPs. You're in 77 points. Sarah on 78 points, team historic sixth, posi- sixth position. Scott, Isaac Daftum, 95 points. You can start to see the gap growing here. And you're just a wee bit off. Stephen Wilson is 97.5 points for average, similar to Joe's in fourth. Dave is also just that half a point ahead of Stephen at the West End Country Club in the third position. Team Goat looking to become the first ever three-time draft winner at 103 points. And to stop him, Ross McLeod, the glamorous indie rock and roll on 122 points, sitting pretty in first position. But now it is time for an indifferent section of the show for me. David Hockney loves them. David Campbell hates them. Scott McLeod, take it away. It's the listeners' league. Oh, fucking hell. I fucking do this. All right, then. Uh, <laughs> we'll look at the top five of the listeners' league. Uh, Jamie Hartley, Ronnie all struggling, and he is struggling to get further up than number five. Uh, 108 points. Don't know who's on his team, don't really care. Uh, Jamie Hickman, the Hollywood Dreams, just one point ahead of him, 109 points. And then another 
then one point ahead of him is Dan Axel Jameson, the CM drunk, sir. That is very insensitive. We all know that CM Punk is straight edge. How dare you? Tom Brock, came sickness on 119. That name makes no sense. You are home. You're, a, you're in the Netherlands where you belong. Please don't come back. Uh, and a massive gap ahead of him. Matt Smith, the only person playing the Listeners League properly because you have your pick of anybody. So a lot of you should be doing a lot better. Matt Smith on Beauty Wall has proven he is one of the better Doctor Who's and one of the better players of the Listeners League in this season. As he, in the early weeks, is on track to... Know, potentially join us next season. And that is the top five of the Listeners League. Anthony Fitzpatrick is, by the way, the last place with Corbin stole my wallet. He's also stolen your draft season. Uh, <laughs> he's only on 50 points. And I know Anthony. I was rooting for him and he's let me down, just like all people in life do. Well, on that very, on that very, very sombre note of the of the Listeners League, there we will go and we will talk about our guest team the MVPs, Alan, are you ready for me and Scott to ask you some questions and we can get some discussion going on about your team? I'm ready for the grilling. Right, so yeah, I'll, I'll go for your team first for the listeners, listeners at home that are maybe new and they've just randomly tuned in halfway through the season, I don't know. But Lashley MVP, 16 points. Rhea Ripley on 20 points. Adam Cole on 25 points. Thunder Rosa, 4 points. Wardlow, 7 points. Swerve Scott, 5 points. Uh, I'll I'll talk about Lashley and MVP to begin with. Obviously, it's, I don't think that we, none of us could have foreseen that he's going to be written off TV. So he can go get surgery or whatever. But was even even regardless of the the manager and the champion pick, are you still happy of taking them as a tag team so that Lashley would have been off the board as a singles pick? Yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as it started getting pretty dirty, you know. Uh, Ryan, when they, like Heyman and Reigns just picked up, I was like, right, oh, the boss are going like that. I'm going to have to go for Lashley. I'm going to have to try and get the champion here. Um, mm-hmm. The good thing as well by taking them is Lashley dropping the title didn't actually cost me in. I've got nothing to lose in that aspect. So when he lost the title, I had a couple of people going, <laughs> like the points you're losing. I'm like, well, my tag team. The lose points they're on the fighting together. I was like, oh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and the amount of times they were on together, you know, previous seasons flying away in the amount of points. Disappointing obviously was happening and gutty to for MVP in his injury. However, he is expected to be back on telly before the end of the draft. So there is the potential to pick up more points. Obviously I'm disappointed I'm not getting the amount of points I was hoping for. But it's still overall a good a, a good start anyway for what I've got in the situation it's in. Considering, you know, he's been off telly now for about three, four weeks and he's due back in about three, four weeks. So you never know. We might we might get some extra points there. So I'm just hoping. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with the the strategy of picking them picking them because you know you know they've been proven successful in last seasons and previous seasons. So sometimes that's what you need to think about when it comes to the the draft, especially when you're struggling with who to get. Uh, I think, like you said, you were smart in picking the team because you don't lose out on the points championship wise because you know he's lost to Biggie, you know, twice in big matches. He lost to Extreme Rules and. You know, more than likely, given where the, where the show's taking place, he'll probably lose to Goldberg at Crown Jewel. So, but then again, even though even though whether or not he appears as MVP, you may not be getting points attaching, but you're not losing the points you would be losing if he was a singles pick. So I think Lashley, much like Reigns recently, is, well, actually Lashley more so than Reigns, because Reigns doesn't really lose, but Lashley's actually proven more valuable as part of a tag team in recent seasons than just being a singles pick. Yeah, I think... Uh, 
Obviously, your, your captain, did you moved your captain to Adam Cole, or was Adam Cole always your captain, Alan? No, it was last year an MVP. Yeah. You know, I think they were appearing on shows, so just smart moving. Obviously, MVP been out. First of all, I was in denial, because I'm like, aye, so he is. And then he actually did the video from his bed, and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, I actually did <laughs> jump in there. Um, and that was that was actually quite hard to pick between because you know Rhea's back point she wasn't champion it wasn't tag team champion yet and Cole had just debuted literally like the couple of days earlier for AEW I was like uh, it's going to be one of the two and I, I, I went Adam Cole I'm still happy I mean he's still my highest scorer um, but I, I still think he's going to end up with a lot more points I think you're going to see Cole really starting to pick up soon because apparently there's rumours that he's going to go after the TNT title shortly. Uh, I think I think he's in a eight-man tag match on Wednesday as well and he'll probably appear in, around the show. So it's, I think, as a safe bet, obviously, hindsight, a wonderful thing. You would have had Rhea as your captain first until she won the belt and you could have switched it. You can't, you can't predict these things that goes on. You know, no one probably would have seen Rhea and Nikki being a, the women's tag team's champions during this draft. But I think... As, as mm-hmm. far as questions from me go, they spoke about your captain and your tag. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let Scott grill you a bit. <laughs> well, I think it actually was a smart choice to switch it to Adam Cole. If you had to switch it to anybody because, you know, he's already had like three or four matches across Dynamite and Rampage since he debuted. And he only debuted back at the start of September. So, and like, he said, like Jack said, he's going to have a match next weekend. Well, he's been on fire all with wins as part of the, the Elite since he came in. So I think you've made a smart choice there. Rhea, I think her her and Cole are going to be your two highest picks, highest scoring picks for the rest of the season because Rhea and Nikki will probably hold on to those women's tag titles until sometime after this season. And as I said, Cole's on a bit of a roll right now. Uh, last night, Swerve, as part of Hit Row, got uh, called up to SmackDown in the, the draft. So Swerve uh, wasn't really doing much on NXT other than appearing with Hit Row. He wasn't really defending that North American title, which he's probably going to have to drop now that he's away to the main roster but now that he's on Smadder do you think Swerve will actually start you know, climbing up a bit and picking out some points you know because you know, Cole and Rhea were doing you well for a while last time you were doing well but then their bottom three picks haven't really been scoring at higher youth for seeing a change with Swerve now he's on the main roster Well yeah it's, it's also a concern for, in one aspect because he's been up he's been moved up so he, mm-hmm. that's when you know he's going to have to drop that title and um, so I know I'm going to be losing points on, but I'm hoping, you know, because he is going to be seen on SmackDown, hopefully competing week in, week out, as well as appearances, that he's that will counteract the points. So I'm hoping he proves to be, you know, the dark horse on this, and he actually proves to be quite a, a valuable pick. Um, but I, I mean, because I was quite surprised when I got to my last point, as I said earlier, you start to struggle to figure out who's still left. And when I realised the North American champion hadn't even been picked, I'm like, oh, here's me go. Because you just you get so confused with it all, and there's so many people, and you're trying to predict and keep up. So the fact that he managed to slip through the cracks for the last round, uh, I thought this is an absolute belt of an opportunity. So I think he could be my dark horse. Yeah, he definitely could be because I think some people may have been afraid of taking the North American title after what happened. He said he picks Bronson, he wins the title, drops it, and then gets sacked. So I think some people were worried about taking the North American champion after what happened, but yeah. I think you could go either way with Swerve because, you know, on the one hand, he's just on the main roster, so you'd think you'd start getting some wins, you know, present this new act. But on the other hand, it's an NXT call-up. 
So, you know, those could always have a mix history. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a decent one. I'm, I'm praying, because as Scott said, it's an XD caught. I mean, no many times they've been shafted when they've been called up. But talking about like not knowing how to pick, especially when it gets to those last few rounds uh, with the snake draft and everything and how many people are picking this season, uh, some of your lower like AEW picks uh, with Thunder Rosa and Wardlow, I think, you know, Thunder Rosa did do well for me last season, but most of our wins came on Dark Elevation, which no longer counts. And Wardlow hasn't wrestled on uh, Dynamite or Rampage uh, this season so far. He, again, is mostly picking up wins on Dark, which doesn't count. So I think any other time these two would have been higher scoring, but Thunder Rosa particularly, I just don't think it's her time. I think she'll do better, score higher in like a later season when she eventually gets that shot at Britt Baker, but... Would you say that Wardlow and Thunder Rosa were basically a case of like some people who are featured on AW, but obviously by this point in the draft, it's becoming harder and harder to figure out who to get? Uh, no, well, for Wardlow, yeah. Um, when we're getting to that point, Wardlow is aware he doesn't wrestle very often, but MGF appears quite often. And so I mm-hmm. thought, right, that's usually going to be guaranteed appearance point. And if he does wrestle, Normally he doesn't lose, so I'm thinking, right, okay, well, I said he brought any points, but I'll get at least get something usually with him appearing at least. So he was the thought of, well, I'll get appearance points. And if he does fight, you normally win bonuses. Now, Thunder Rosa um, has been disappointing. Thunder Rosa was always one of my two female picks because it's been speculated heavily that Thunder Rosa has taken the title off of Britt Baker and the plan was to do it before. Uh, round about the Survivor Series time so I'm hoping she does come good um, but as you say yeah, she is performing in the other shows that are not counting more often than not but she's what was it first or second in the women's rankings so she's very highly thought of I can it's just disappointed she's not appeared in Rampage or uh, Dynamite but she is expected to take that title off her sooner rather than later and when I seen that, I played the exact same scenario that I did when uh, TakeOver Blackpool happened. I heard it was mm-hmm. coming, so I made my pick specifically for that, for hopefully giving me that chance to run away with it, and it almost paid off. So mm-hmm. that's why Thunder Rosa I picked. Because, I mean, it's the same idea with Rhea. I seen, obviously, Rhea was going into a tag team with Nikki. I didn't think he'd win the titles so quickly, but I knew they were going to be backstage seconds and they were going to be performing together. And so that's a lot. I thought, right, that's money there. That's going to get me points because I'm not really going to put them together to lose. Um, mm-hmm. So that rear was always one of my top three or four picks, and so was Thunder. It's just, it's just a shame that it's obviously it's not worked out for me yet. But see me look at the points over all my team. I'm doing something that's never really happened for me. I've managed to get a team with the points are fairly balanced. I've got three that are not performing and three that are performing, and they're all similar numbers. Whereas I believe Ross said I only seem to pick somebody that has one and that carries the team, which is him this season. I mean, you look at his points, 85 for Big E, his next highest score is Jurassic Express with 14. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else is in single figures. So I believe Ross and I have kind of swapped because Ross has always had the balanced sort of team. They all seem to score re- relatively well. And I've had that one person to carry the team where this time they swapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, that's not without kind of pressing because we did see the most notable example of that happening with your team is Cody in season five, you know, winning yep. the TNT. We couldn't have foreseen how often he was going to defend that title, but you know, you were 
really benefit from that. But I would agree with what you said, like how balanced the team is. Like it's definitely when I looked at it, a team of two halves with Lashley, Rhea, and Cole all in the double digits, whereas the rest is in single digits. But like I said, you know you won't get points for Lashley MVP is attend until MVP comes back, whenever that will be. But with Swerve now being on SmackDown, I would just say the balance in, in your team could definitely change points wise. Uh, but what's funny, I think, about the teams, Jack, is that we mentioned MVP getting injured. The last couple of weeks, it just seems like every, almost everybody at one point in the last couple of weeks has had somebody in their team just bugger off, whether that be injury or written off TV. I mean, you've got Alexa Bliss, who's apparently been written off TV. Uh, Ryan Gallagher's got Nia Jax, who's been written off. Uh, somebody's got Eva Marie. I don't know, who can't remember who got Eva Marie, but she's been, Daniel's got Eva Marie, but She's been written off. It's just like, it feels like some of the teams are just suddenly losing people, which this being a short season, you can't afford to lose anybody. It's, it's yeah, this is a, it's one of the most interesting seasons. And I think we're, as, as, as Alan, and we were talking about earlier on, the, the, the snake draft has really helped with that. And obviously the folk being written off, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to see what's happening. Obviously, there's like new new directions as well. We saw uh, Sammy Guevara and Grandstein. He defeated your captain Miro, and won the TNT title. So what's what's happening next for Miro? We don't we don't really know. I'd say this is probably one of the one of the seasons where you can't really tell what's going to happen next, and that's a, a good and a bad thing. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure if Miro is really going to be my captain for much longer. Uh, I'm not going to make an official change this week. Yeah, give some time, maybe come back next week on SDL 100, maybe announce I because I need to like, think carefully about who I might change it to, because I, I feel Amiro will get the uh, a rematch, but again, I'm not confident he'll win it back. They'll, like, they'll do like a quick back and forth title change, they don't tend to do that in AEW. So, you know, and I don't want my captain taking two big title losses, so maybe it might be best me consider taking the captaincy off Miro, but he got he done me well up until this point, and at least I'm still in the top five, whereas Grant's still at number 10, even with this win. Yeah, I had my, my captain as uh, Andrade. And obviously, packs, travel issues, and unforeseen events after uh, hindered the start from my team. And I've taken the captain off the them. And I've put it banking on Crown Jewel, banking on Mansoor, never losing a match in Saudi Arabia. I'm hoping they win the tag titles. So I've put the put the captaincy on them but they've lost twice in a row on Raw recently so goodness knows what's going to happen with that but with that that is the show over obviously as Scott said next week it will be a huge show all the SDL boys will be on it as it will be SDL 100 Scott you'll be taking the range you'll be leading us through the highs and the lows of the history of SDL and what will be going on through the draft I believe actually David Campbell's already called oh, this and I don't oh, like to argue with him. I mean, I could argue with him, but, you know, he, he can argue for a lot longer than I can. It's, it's just it's easier to let him have his way sometimes. <laughs> David Campbell, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the... Uh, the uh, if I say Scott was hosting, but... It, oh, uh, who cares? Prepare for those angry DMs. Prepare for those, <laughs> those angry DMs there. How dare you, Jack, insinuate that anyone other than myself will be hosting next week? To be fair, David Campbell's arguing skills are that good, they could dismantle a brick wall. I mean, there's no, no point in taking it. Like, having it. He'll find a brick wall to argue with and he'll collapse or try to crop him. So just let him have his moment. 
Well, I mean, we'll find that out as well. I think it was, was it uh, November, the, debate, the debating chamber's coming back. Mm-hmm. That's correct, yes, it's back. So that'll be, that'll be one to tune into as an old, an old favourite in the podcast is coming back. But that is our show over for today, folks. Alan, thanks again for coming on. I, I hope you enjoyed your time. Right, I did. It was great speaking to you again, boys. And uh, it was good being back on and actually not having to moan that everything's going wrong or <laughs> captains are being written off or being fallen pregnant, people being written off TV. I've actually only got <laughs> one person that's down in it. So, yeah, it was nice, but it was also great being back on because uh, I love the draft. It's great to be back and it was also fantastic talking to you guys. Oh, what a nice man. What a nice man. Scott, <laughs> thank you very much again, as always. Thank you very much, uh, Jack. As always, you did a very good job uh, taking the rain on this one, even if it did mean I had to uh, talk about the fucking listeners' league for a while. <laughs> we all need to take our unfortunate shot, but here we go. Next week, SDL one hundred. It'll be it'll be great. So tune in. You'll hear us all on there soon. See you later. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.